listening to Belt of Truth, Conversations Arming Laity, powered by the Armor of God Men's Movement. Visit our website at armingmen.com. The Belt of Truth podcast is made possible in part by the generous financial support from local Catholic businesses in the Fort Wayne South Bend Diocese through the Catholic media company, Our Local Parish. To learn more on how you could support these businesses and watch some powerful interviews with our local priests and lady, go to OurLocalParish.com. Worship local. Support local. Thank you. And God bless. My name is Father Daniel Scheid, and I am delighted and blessed to welcome you to the Belt of Truth podcast. Heavenly Father, we ask that you would send your Holy Spirit to open our ears, our minds, our hearts for all the gifts that you wish to give us in this time set aside to learn from you, to be reminded that we exist entirely for the praise of your glory. Bless all who will listen to this podcast, those who will share it, and invite other people into it, that you might be praised as you deserve. We ask this in your holy name, Jesus the Lord. Amen. Welcome, friends. You're listening to The Belt of Truth. I'm Rob Gregory. I'm here with my friend, Mr. Jeff Rarick. Jeff, thanks for being here. Ah, great to be here. Thank you. Awesome, dude. Well, hey, you and I have had some conversations uh, offline, and, and it really struck me. I needed to grab you, bring you in here, and let's have a productive discussion on this concept of called and gifted but specifically what a charism is. I cannot tell you how many times I run into people that say, I'm really good at this, or I'm really good at that, but they don't understand what a charism is. And you have given me the best answer as to what that is in our one-on-one meetings. So from the jump, what is a charism? Okay. To begin with, a charism, the word itself is Greek, and it means gift or a gratuitous gift. This is something that everyone who is baptized has gifts given to them by God, the Holy Spirit, in order to help God in the work that He wants to do in this world. So we all have them. They're all different for everybody. And there are differences between these gifts, these charisms that we have, and what you kind of alluded to is like talents, is skills. So they're really two different things. And you can have great talent in doing something, uh, maybe your talent is music, okay? But it doesn't necessarily mean you have a charism in that. Charisms are defined more specifically in things that I always like to tell people, well, when you do a charism, you know you have that charism because it brings you great joy. Mm. You really, really uh, want to do it. You will seek it out all the time. It's something that that you can develop a little bit over time. Charisms can never be used for evil. Whereas sometimes you have a talent for something, and uh, some people turn their talents to evil, but charisms cannot ever be turned to evil. These are gifts from God that he wants us to use. That's outstanding. I mean, listen, there's a lot right there. I mean, we could probably talk for hours on just that. But there's a component to that that I want to flush out in this conversation, which is there's an actual process that we have in front of us that we can flush that out. Because I know as listeners hear you say that, that makes sense. And I understand there's a big difference between a talent and a charism. How do we find those in ourselves is the question. And there's a program that you're familiar with called Called and Gifted, correct? Correct. And so can you walk us through maybe how Called and Gifted is designed to walk someone through understanding the difference between a talent and a charism? Certainly. 
So Called and Gifted, first of all, it's a program that's, uh, it was developed by the Catherine of Siena Institute. In the program itself, uh, we start out by just kind of explaining what charisms are, like I, I did previously. And then you go through a survey. They ask you a lot of different questions. And those questions are grouped into like 24 different areas. There, there's 24 charisms that we discuss in the training. Now, we actually have no idea how many charisms there are. In fact, I'm wondering if podcasting is a charism. <laughs> but based on this survey, you get an idea of what the, your charisms might be. Okay, the, the items you score highest in are possibly charisms that you have. But uh, in order to complete the process, then you, uh, after you go through the training, you have a one-on-one -on -one discussion and interview with a trained person who, who helps you kind of discern what your charisms uh, probably and most certainly are at that point. The reason for that is sometimes you can score very high on something and it not be a charism. And, and it's hard to explain charisms without giving personal examples. So I'll talk about myself a little bit here, which is throughout my entire life, I have always gravitated towards leadership positions for Decades, I've always been managers at different levels within the, the business world, but also just, you know, I was a little kid. I was always the one that became the leader of the teams and stuff like that. But I don't have a charism in leadership. And I know that because I get no joy from it. Mm. It drains me. I, I feel exhausted after a, a day of, of, you know, doing leadership activities. So I want to make sure so, people understand what you're saying is even though you may gravitate towards it and maybe even good at it, it's not a charism if it doesn't bring you joy and it drains you. All right. And you should be using your charisms to further the kingdom of God. And so if you're not using your charisms in that way, or you're not using these attributes in that way, then it's likely not a charism. It's just something you may have a talent for. Mm -hmm. The other thing that you learn through this discernment process is that it's just as important to understand the things you are not you don't have charisms for. Mm -hmm. For myself, I, I have three strong charisms, knowledge, teaching, and helps. I like helping people. Mm. So, you know, I, I have the freedom to tell people no if they ask me to lead something. You know, you want me to set up chairs for your meeting? You want me to do research on a topic? Uh, you want me to stand up in front of a group of 100 people and then teach something? I'm your guy. You want me to lead that group? No, thanks. Mm. I, 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 it's not me. Mm -hmm. So it's important to know what your charisms are and what they're not. Mm -hmm. Keep going with the process because I understand the first component, which is kind of discerning charisms. And there's a questionnaire and a survey and then even a one-on-one. -on -one. How, how do you continue that process? Okay. Well, within the training, there's also, we go through and we discuss each charism individually. Uh, and we try and uh, provide examples of uh, historical examples of saints that may have exhibited that charism, but also people who are uh, with us today within the community who are exhibiting that charism. Mm -hmm. Now, sometimes they are uh, within different ministries, okay, but not always. Some of them are just individuals. For example, if you have a writing charism, there may be somebody that's has written things on their own. I don't know that we have a, a writing ministry at St. Vincent's, but we may. 
But then if after you understand what your charisms are, many people will then end up joining one of the ministries. Now, it's not something you have to do. It's not an expectation or anything. If you have a charism that brings you great joy, why would you not want to do that charism as much as possible? Right. And once you understand what your charisms are, you can use them in every aspect of your life, mm-hmm. in, in your business environment, your home environment. If you want to join a ministry, that's fine. But it gives you this great joy to now go do this charism all the time. How long of a process is this called and gifted process? Well, the calling gifted program is about five or six hours on a Saturday. So one Saturday for one, five or one, six hours. Yeah, one Saturday for five or six hours. And then you do a one-on-one discussion with someone uh, at a later date, maybe a week or two later. You can schedule that during that training session. And that may take an hour or so. So that's about all the investment you'll have time-wise to really, I think, learn something that's essential for all of us to mm-hmm. know. How does an individual who's hearing this raise their hand and say, I'm interested in being a part of that? Uh, there's information in the bulletin okay. on the next session that's coming up. They can also go on the website, the St. Vincent's website, and find the information there and sign up. Since we're kind of, our reach has, has exploded and it's actually worldwide now, uh, we, we have listeners all over the world and many, 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 many states and uh, cities. You know, for those that, that hear St. Vincent, I mean, obviously we record here in Fort Wayne, Indiana, but we're reaching more and more people. So to kind of put some color on that, saintv.org. So it's, it's spelled out too. It's, it's, it's the word saint spelled out and it's v.org is a great place to go for our parish website, which will have a link to a lot of the stuff that you're talking about. The other thing is I would encourage people to, that, that maybe can't come to a session. There's a, a, a good book that was written by Sherry Wendell, which I think is kind of the genesis of uh, some of the called and gifted activities on intentional discipleship. I think that's where some of this starts to come from. And people could read that book and, and get some direction on what this is about. Yeah. So the parish staff may be getting some phone calls and that's a good thing. So that, that would be a great thing. Yeah. So call the St. Vincent parish staff and say, I heard that podcast and I want to hear more about that. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about after someone goes through this process, which is a, a Saturday for five to six hours and then a, a one-on-one thereafter, what does this unlock for them? Um, well, I'm going to just maybe use an example uh, on what this can unlock. I, I would very, very much encourage husbands and wives to go through this process. You know, there's many times that within someone's marriage, you need to kind of understand where the other person is coming from. If you understand each other's charisms, sometimes those charisms can be very different. Sometimes they can be the same and sometimes, sometimes they can be complementary to each other. If you have one of the spouses, for example, who has a leadership charism and the other one has a helps charism, helps charisms are people that help leaders. They work very nicely together. You can get a lot more accomplished as a couple if you understand each other's charisms and you can work together in in unison, whether than trying to force each other, you know, the the, uh, round peg into a square hole type thing. You know, you don't want to force things. Sometimes we have to do things, you know, it's, it's, uh, necessary to live life by doing things. But generally, if you can complement each other as, as spouses, you can get a lot more accomplished. You can really understand each other. I don't know if you've ever heard of the five love languages, but one of the love languages is service. Well, if you know that your spouse has a helps charism and you can expect then that their love language is going to be service to you because that's how they're built. That's the gift God gave them. 
So I think that that's very important. I also believe that if you if you've gone through this process and you have children, you can start to to look at your children through the eyes of charisms and help nurture their charisms that you think they may have. If you have a child that seems to have a propensity for writing and they really love to write, you know, take them to the oratory and have them journal an hour at the oratory. If you have a child that seems to have a charism towards intercessory prayer, take them to the oratory for an hour and have them pray for individuals. And you're really helping these children out because this is what brings them joy. They don't even know it yet, but you're helping develop those charisms and you're bringing them joy. This is what they want to do. And so there's a lot of things that these charisms can do for you within your family life that are really that really are beneficial. Um, but I found them to be extremely beneficial in my work life. Uh, and again, there's times when I was able to just say, no, there's things I'm not going to do uh, because I know that that's, that's not my charism. That's not what I want to do. But it helped me to really get a lot more joy out of my work because I would always volunteer for the activities where I could use my charisms. Man, that's, that's great. I, I feel called immediately hearing that to, to go to cold and gifted myself and then go with my spouse. I see that there could be tremendous fruit for, for us in our marriage immediately. I, you, you've definitely got my attention there. I guess my question is it's not practical for everyone to bring their kids through that program. So can you give us maybe some some guardrails on to how we can go through this process and then take that to our children and know that they can't go through the official process themselves per se, but maybe we can help guide them at home. Put some color on what that would look like. And I started fleshing out a little bit of that with the, the couple of examples I used, but you know, it's really starting to you're you're going to get a view of 24 different charisms. And you can start to look at your children to see if they're exhibiting any of those charisms. And then you're, you can help develop those charisms. You can give them opportunities, uh, where they can exercise those charisms to see if that's really what, what they are. Sometimes, you know, you have a child that encouragement, for example, they're, 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 they're always encouraging their brothers and sisters and, or friends and, that may be a charism or it may not be a charism, but you put them into situations where they can encourage other people. And you say, you know, why don't, why don't you, you know, encourage this person to go do that? They, you know, they, they may come up to you with a problem. They have a friend that, you know, is really struggling with something. And you say, well, just go encourage them. And so you can open up for them these different avenues where they can explore these things. And again, they may not even understand. They probably won't understand what you're doing. But in your mind, you know that what you're doing is you're trying to help them discern what these charisms are. You don't want to be a person kind of like myself, who at an advanced age, I was in my 50s, I learned about these charisms and understood that you know I wasted a great portion of my life not really exercising my charisms. So if you can get to these, these young people early and they can understand their charisms, they can have a much more joyful life. And you had said before that the team can do workshops for groups. So even a, a, a school or a teen event can be customized, correct? Correct. Okay. correct. We've done events for 
high school students. We've done events for teachers, quite a few teachers, in fact. The high school teachers, some of the grade school teachers, parish staffs. We've done training in their locations. We went out to them. And each of those cases, there's standard materials, but you can always customize for the age group. You know, if they're teachers, you can customize things towards teachers a little bit more. And your exam- the examples that you use, um, and maybe even some of the uh, people that are in different ministries, you can identify teachers that might be in a specific ministry or have a, a specific charism. I, I mean, we, we have a world, and then you shrink that down to a church, and then you shrink that down to a parish that I feel like ultimately don't truly understand this concept. I mean, I bump into men daily and I listen to them and I mean, you need to go to the armor of God. You need to understand your role. You need to get a spiritual leadership mindset. And so that's kind of like our mission at armor of God. I feel like what I'm hearing from you is your mission too, is like you're bumping into people at our parish, you're bumping into people in the church, you're bumping people in the world that if they just took the time to understand this, man, could they get over that big hump of being boxed in, correct? Some of the feedback I've gotten from different people I've talked to about taking the Calling Gifted program, the the Saturday retreat, they don't want what they perceive to be the burden of having to join a ministry. They think that this is a recruitment program Mm. so that parishes can get people to do all these different ministries that they have out there. Mm -hmm. And it really is not that at all. You know, this is opening up the joy in your life. Now, I don't know why anyone would not want to, to have that. Uh, I think all of us need more joy in our life. Mm-hmm. You know, if again, if you choose to join the ministry, that's great. If you just want to use this in your home life and in your work life, that's great too. Mm-hmm. Uh, but being able to discern what the things are that God has asked you to do in order to further his kingdom and he's, his gift back to you is this incredible joy uh, and this satisfaction in doing these things. I don't know anybody would not want to do that, but I think some people believe that there's, you know, it's like we're burdening them. We're asking them to do all these things and we're not, we're just trying to free them. Yeah. I think that's a natural uh, stop sign. People feel like, Oh, I'm going to be asked to do a bunch of stuff after I go through this. And you're, you're dispelling that myth immediately. You're like yeah. you could literally go through the workshop for your own benefit, learn what you need to know about yourself and go on your day. You don't have to plug into anything. Yeah. Is, is that correct? That's correct. And initially for myself, I really didn't plug into anything. My, like I said, my, my three strongest charisms are in knowledge and in teaching and in helps. I really can kind of be in the background mm. <laughs> in most things uh, and not really get plugged into anything. Yeah. But it's hard. Once you start down this path of getting the, the joy that God wants you to have in life, it's hard to stop. Mm. So it's infectious after it, that. It's kind of infectious. Yeah. I can tell, like for, for you, I've known you now for a few years and we've worked together on different things. And you are crystal clear about what you're what you're designed to do and what you're not. I mean, I can tell that you're a leader. I can uh. tell that you can speak to people in, in large settings. You've told me that before. You're like, I can do that. That's not where I find my joy. So you've learned a skill to stay in the lane that God has designed for you. And I can see it. Like you've already worked through that. And it, I, I have already witnessed that with you now. Yeah. Well, actually standing up in front of group people and, and speaking to them, is my charism. Mm-hmm. So I love doing that. 
I, I always think, uh, you know, that, that heaven is going to be a lot of fun because God's got a great sense of humor. <laughs> I, I'm an extremely introverted person who loves to stand up in front of people and talk. Yeah. Now, I don't know how that fits, but it just does because mm-hmm. God is funny. Yeah. But you do... You do have a servant's heart. I see you do things yeah. that you're comfortable doing behind the scenes that don't need any recognition. I've seen, so you obviously discerned through this process that that's, that's a charism for you. Like you said, yeah. it helps care. It helps charism. Yeah. yeah. I can see that playing out. Um, and I definitely know the knowledge is, is key for you. You're a reader. Um, you gobble up information and you do a brilliant job of teaching because every time I'm with you, you teach me something. So yeah. those are coming out every day. So I, I mean, in a word, you gain clarity through this process of where you should be spending your time, your energy, your resources, and your money. Yeah. And clarity is a great word. Like the other word, which is intentional. Mm. I can, I can be clear and intentional about what I want to do because I know what my charisms are and what they're not. Mm -hmm. And when I, when I get that clarity, I save myself a lot of time and a lot of grief. So put us in this mindset. You've gone through the process. You've done your one-on-one, and now you you think you have that clarity. It's got to be hard, though, to start over, quote-unquote, with a new mindset and start saying no to things. Is that hard? Um, well, it wasn't hard for me. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it is hard for, for a lot of people because not only are you used to doing it, other people are used to having you do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they have an expectation that you're going to gravitate towards uh, something. And now you understand that, yeah, I'm really not designed to do that. Mm-hmm. It it does not bring me joy. It does not further the kingdom of God uh, to do that. And so they have to kind of, you know, get their heads around that you're a different, you're, you're the same person with a different perspective. Yeah, it's got to be hard. I mean, do they give you some some training on that during the workshop as to how to arm yourself to go back into the world with these new uh, skills? Well, one of the things that they do is obviously since we have hundreds and hundreds of people who have gone through this is you can get connected with other people who have the same charisms that you do, mm. uh, or at least one of the specific charisms. So if, if you do have a administration charism, for example, uh, they can connect you with other people who have the administration charism and you can talk about, Okay, how do I do this? How how do I how do I get out of things? How do I get into things? You know, they can give you advice. This is what they went through in their lives and this is what happened to them. And so that's another nice aspect of it. because we have so many people that have gone through it, you can get advice and and get help. So throughout the course of this conversation, you've thrown out a few of the charisms by name. Why don't you give us a few of them that are least obvious? Because I would like to know, like for our listeners, I mean, if I didn't even know what a charism was prior to today, I certainly probably won't know what they are. So therefore like, oh, that is a thing. Because you just said administration, and that immediately took me to, I didn't even know that was a thing. Yeah. <laughs> so are there some least obvious charisms? I mean, you don't have to give us all 24, but like, can you give us some? Uh, craftsmanship. Okay. So we have the carpenter's sons who build you know, ramps for wheelchair ramps, things like that, uh, do home repairs, things like that. They've also built some beautiful items for the church, for the the. Uh, collection of canned goods and, 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 and food for the poor. They've built those things and it's uh, just making things beautiful through your craftsmanship, writing music, 
prophecy mm. is one that people may not think about. Mm-hmm. Um, comforting the afflicted and afflicting the comforted. Mm. But really speaking, allowing God to speak through you uh, in prophecy. Hospitality, which a lot of people think just comes naturally, and it does to a lot of people. But hospitality is a great charism. So you have the bereavement group for providing food for funerals and things like that. That's a good one. I think wisdom, voluntary poverty is another one. Hmm. Um, what is that? Voluntary, and I actually uh, know someone from one of, of uh, a group of men I meet with who has basically given up any worldly goods other than what the bare minimum he needs to survive. People in voluntary poverty give away everything that they have that they don't absolutely need. An example of this would be. Uh, Sister Drexel, have you ever heard of Drexel University? Mm. Uh, she came from a very wealthy family and basically gave away all of her money to schools, uh, a lot of schools for uh, Native American children uh, out West where they didn't have any schools. And so she founded a lot of schools for them as well as university and, and so forth. So, But she gave away everything she had. She was you know, willing to be uh, have voluntary poverty from extreme wealth. Mm. So that's that's probably some of the more unusual ones that people may not think are charisms. Sure, sure. So. Well, you've done a great job of explaining what a charism really is, and then you've really did a good job of framing the cold and gifted process. And for our listeners to know that you you may be in an area where cold and gifted is not readily accessible to you, so therefore you have a resource to get onto the St. Vincent de Paul website in Fort Wayne, Indiana at stv.org, spelled out. And call the office and say, I'd love that team to come to us and help us build that. So there, there's a call to action. And I think you've done a great job also explaining as, as a married couple, as a leader of your family, and then even in business, there's no reason not to do this. Like you're going to gain clarity and you're not going to be asked to jump right into a ministry or, or called to do something specific from that. So I think that that has all been laid out perfectly. I guess my question to you is, as it relates to this topic and people discerning their charisms and what it can do for the church, are you hopeful? Yeah, I mean, you you phrase that as if it's a question, but it really isn't for for Christians because you know we have quite literally flipped to the back of the book and read the final chapter, and we know how it ends. So hope for us is not a question. I think what I am is curious on how we're how God's going to get us from point A to point B, and we know what point B is, and I'm excited to see what God's going to do, but we already know how it ends. So I love that answer, man. Well, listen, I've gotten to know you over the last few years. You're a treasure for me. You're a gift for me. Uh, every time I'm with you, I learn more. I love the knowledge you bring to the table. I love your teaching ability. So thank you for for listening to God's call. Thank you for being here to witness for the Call and Gifted program. You've done a great job with that. Thanks, Jeff. Well, thank you. Thanks for having me. You've been listening to Belt of Truth, powered by the Armor of God Men's Movement located in Fort Wayne, South Bend Diocese in Fort Wayne, Indiana. For more information about Belt of Truth and Armor of God, visit armingmen.com.